You're listening to Almost Diplomatic, DC-based podcast that discusses geopolitics, national security, a whole bunch of nonsense over beers. And as a disclaimer, the views and comments made during this episode are those of the participants and do not represent any entity that they volunteer with or are employed by. Enjoy! Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Diplomatic. I'm your host, Ryan Young, and joining me today is... Kevin Truitt. Robert Thomas. And Lex Cardone. And we're recording on December 15th, 2019. So this is our last episode of the year. Uh, wah, we'll, be back. we'll be back in 2020, but yeah, it's the last year. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad for our audience. We'll yeah, it's like, yeah, we'll be back, motherfuckers. But no, um, yeah, I guess it was a good year that we... I think we tripled our listenership. Um... Now, I mean, so we, we have three listeners then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mom. Yeah. No, no. Actual ex's mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> Love um, you. And then, yeah, and like, like we also did a bunch of events, which were great. People loved doing those. I think we might do a couple more of those uh, next year. We'll up to see. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, we bought the new equipment, and it's been fucking solid. I think, yeah, it's been fun. Ryan's only had a few ballistic meltdowns about the uh, sound equipment, which and is software. which is no, trending in the right so, direction. So it wasn't the it wasn't the hardware; it was the software that fucked me a couple of times. And like, yeah, it was. Uh, I had to reboot my computer once or twice, and it was awesome. And I didn't almost have a fucking conniption. <laughs> conniption. It's not what you want. <laughs> no, you don't. You never want that. It yeah. sneaks up on you. But anyway, uh, we're going to be talking about conspiracy theories and disinformation and all that kind of fun stuff. But before we, where are we? Yeah. <laughs> okay, but um, there's going to be a lot of fake news jokes I mean, at this episode, I mean, so just I, I, buckle I, your seatbelts. I would, uh, <laughs> I, I would, uh, you know, might not want to call them jokes because uh, we're not that funny. But anyway, we're drinking Aleworks Fun Old Fashioned Family Christmas Ale. What is a family Christmas ale? Is it like spicy? Oh, no. Yeah. Brewed with spice. Yeah, brewed with spices. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The label even looks like a hand-knit Christmas sweater. It's so adorable. It does. A couple, awesome. ha- couple happy little trees and a couple reindeer. There was only one Rudolph, though. Yeah, and there's two of them. This so. is fake news. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you chose this beer. Or an yeah. evil clone. Yeah. Santa's like, I got. Re- he was actually really oh. useful, so I bred more. We should have saved the uh, gene therapy, gene editing, uh, <laughs> this for that. You ever seen Gattaca? Uh, Sorry, no, total about it. It's a really yeah. good movie. All right. I have. No idea. When we do our 80s sci-fi episode. (laughs) I mean, it's going to happen. But anyway, cheers, guys, to the holidays. To a good year. I mean, it was a year. (laughs) It was a year. What's that? Oh, yeah, that's Christmassy. Oh, my God, yeah. I feel like I'm drinking a Christmas tree, just... God, yeah, it's good though. It's just like, sealed and bottled. That's, that's what happened to the missing branches of Ryan's oh, uh, little Charlie Brown Christmas tree over there. That's why that tree is so it's kind of like cinnamon, like spicy. What's in this? Is it like cinnamon? Isn't it? It's <laughs> some nutmeg too. Yeah, yeah. N- nutmeg, cinnamon. Yeah. It's a Winnemun. <laughs> uh, okay. Yes. We'll let that go. Actually, yeah, it's, uh, that's. I'm into it. So yeah. I, yeah, I didn't get an IPA, so you guys are welcome. Wow. <laughs> wow. We're, we're wow. expanding our reach. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable where we're going. Yeah. I, <laughs> I need an adult. <laughs> this uh, isn't the world so I know. So what are we rating this this guy? I don't know. Elworks is from where? Where's uh, Williamsburg. Williamsburg. Four. Virginia. I mean, it's Virginia. 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 I wouldn't want to drink a lot of it because you can tell there's a lot of sugar. Oh, yeah. but It'll give you the diabetes real good. Yeah, or, or like a wicked hangover. Or por- no los dos. Por- no los dos is right. Yeah, diabetes in a hangover. That's how I want to go. <laughs> that's the true American way. <laughs> it seems like that's like why do you hate, do you hate yourself that much, Jesus? Yeah. But anyway, oh uh, yeah, what do we actually want to read this guy? Out of five, I'd give it four. Yeah, I would say four. Yeah, I'll do four. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree. Solid. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It's, it's different, and uh, it's yeah. Again, it's like, I think well, it's uh, it's eight percent. So oh uh, yeah, you don't really taste yeah. that. Yeah, so it's, it's it's good. I mean, it, it comes in a four pack, so I think I'm, it's pretty. It's a safe. Pretty, yeah, yeah. Because like, I don't want to drink more of this. I think it'd be. It'd be it's like we remember we did the. I don't think this episode is like uh, available to anybody anymore. But we did like the episode um, on the golf. And we had root beer, 
the root beer alcohol. Oh, the uh, not your oh, father's. Yeah, yeah. stuff is Which, sickly. Sweet. It was good. Oof. It was good, but it was like I felt like so sick after because it was, it was good like for so the much. You sit, it was, and then it started. No, 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 no. The first one was good. After it. that, no. It was everything was bad about yeah. that choice. That's that. <laughs> you want to talk about okay. like like hangover drinks? That and Four Loko probably up there. Yeah, with like wine. This is far superior. A distilled Christmas tree. <laughs> it's very astute. All right. Uh... Yeah, so um, we're talking about disinformation, fake news, all of that today. So I want to start with a little anecdote um, because I have a lot of academic background in this topic. Uh, Nerd s- alert. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in the 1980s. Tell us about a college uh, boy. Well, when I went to college. (laughs) So in the 1980s, when the the AIDS epidemic was really kicking off, there was a a very common sort of rumor or theory going around that uh, the U.S. government, um, specifically people fingered the Central Intelligence Agency or the CIA, um, had had Oh, you mean the other the Culinary Institute of America. (laughs) That's probably a real thing. Um, Had actually... Actually, there's a... I'm working on it. Um, So... Uh, had fingered the the U.S. government as creating AIDS, um, uh, largely to the conspiracy theory goes that AIDS was created to kill people of color, black people, and uh, gays because it disproportionately affected the gay community in the United States. Um, so, <clears throat> so this theory actually comes. Uh, it's called. It comes from a, a KGP, KGB, KGP, a K, uh, KGB, the the Russian intelligence service, uh, and uh, the Stasi, the German intelligence service, uh, were working on what was called Operation Infection. And this is actually where the theory comes from. Is what they did is they planted it into some random news articles, and like I think it was India or like some obscure yeah. like newspaper somewhere. And then a random Eastern German professor like writes a paper, you know, claiming that this is true. And then from there, it's become essentially like a staple of like counterculture, like you know yeah. the U.S. government created AIDS, um, and so that's that's actually like a, a, not a commonly believed conspiracy theory, but it's probably up there with like the nine eleven. Well, you know, said, George Bush did yeah, I was looking this up. Theories. It said it's like fifteen percent of Americans think AIDS was manufactured by the government, and, so, and like fifty percent of Black Americans think that that's and that that all lot. goes back to. Yeah, this kind of, like planning it in scientific journals of uh, essentially various varying repute. So essentially, a disinformation campaign by the Russian, the Soviet Union at the time, and their political allies in the Warsaw Pact mm-hmm. has had a it, the, the conspiracy theory has long outlasted the Soviet Union. You know, like people still believe this, and even after the Russians kind of admitted to it. Well, yeah, people know that this and, is like a thing. Dis- disowned it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's publicly this is publicly known yeah. as Operation Infection. It's always kind of like that, especially with diseases and stuff. Like the Ebola crisis a couple of years ago, like there was, you know, that was you know over West West Central Africa, and the you know it was happening. It was really bad, and the locals in some areas would believe that it was the doctors coming in doing this to people. So they would literally break people out of the hospital, yeah, and they would later die. Also, they would get, you know maybe pass it on, but like. They would die because they weren't being treated. Yeah, because it was the conspiracy theory that you know this is the Westerners are coming in and giving. It's like it's like, it's or it's just like you know what if like, um, like polio vaccines like uh, not polio but uh, again, yeah it is yeah, polio, polio in, in, in Afghanistan, Afghanistan. Afghanistan yeah. and Pakistan. Pakistan yeah the yeah. Taliban will kill doctors uh, and try to try to stop people getting the polio vaccine. the original anti-vaxxers yeah. there was actually <laughs> before <laughs> gwyneth paltrow picked up picked up right after probably, the probably came up around <laughs> the same time there's a proud tradition of yes that's a that's a, some strange allies it's yeah like, and if you're yeah. if you're, you're listening to this, you're anti-vaxxer go fuck yourself yeah you're uh <laughs> Idiot. there's a joke i'm not gonna make but uh yeah i'm War. sorry for your children we, they need to be taken away you're an Im- you're like real talk. You okay? Never mind. <laughs> you're an, you're, you're not a you're, good you're, you're right. We'll fix this bit, and spots. by next episode, we'll have it down pat. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, but you're entitled to your choice in some states. Um, you should be. Yeah. So I guess like you have Operation Infection. So I don't know if you knew this. There was actually a similar conspiracy theory that uh, drove a lot of French people against Marie Antoinette. It was called like the the Diamond Necklace Affair, like the Necklace Affair or something. Hmm. Uh, yeah, right? And it, it turned popular opinion against her because there was this claim that she was, like, involved in this necklace being bought and there's a whole thing. Um, because she was already super lovable to begin with. 
amongst the well, people liked stuff. her at first, but and and I didn't even know about this. But uh, props to uh, Revolutions Podcast uh, for pointing that out. Um, and I, it, it's fascinating that conspiracy theories like that can have sort of a yeah. lasting impact on public opinion. Um, and that's pure misinformation, whereas Operation Infection is disinformation. So the difference is... Yeah, lay that out correctly. What is propaganda? What is disinformation? What is misinformation? Ah, okay, so they're very roughly defined terms, but uh, Catherine, I think her last name is Tia Harry, um, with uh, a Congressional Research, Research Service defined the three as... So propaganda is like essentially... It could be true information, but it's used to push a specific narrative. Yeah. Um, and it could be misleading. So And it's pushing like the interests of like for instance russia or china mm-hmm. or the u.s even but no, we don't really do that as much um but it's 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 using information like in a m- manipulative way um whether true or false so disinformation specifically is uh false information knowingly used mm-hmm. uh like like the person weaponizing it knows it's false misinformation is it's not known that it's false or it's not generally like yeah, so mis- misinformation would be like, you know, oh, something happened, and it's like, oh, maybe that's true. So there's there's a very fine gray line. Like, none of these terms are, like, very well-defined. But that's essentially kind of where the... I, like, I think those are the bestly defined definitions But it of seems it. like one of the commonalities between both examples you just mentioned, um, there it it only works if it, it is used on an existing level of distrust between two segments of the same community, whether it's... Operation Infection, the black and gay community versus yep. like the U.S. government. There's a lot of real reason why both of those communities don't trust the U.S. government. And same, there's a, there's reason why you know people in Afghanistan, Pakistan, wherever, or Marie Antoinette and the you know let the meat cake, the French peasantry don't trust her. So there's it's it's only it, this kind of uh, misinformation, disinformation, propaganda is most effective when it's built upon our. Um, already existing layers of mistrust. So, I mean, I think that's definitely true, but one of the things that's interesting is how much a lot of these things, and in particular the the conspiracy theory variety of this, right. really tap into very basic, constant features of human psychology. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just talk about how we're, how we're wired a bit. I mean, the human brain likes simplicity it really likes patterns yeah whether or not those patterns are actually there i love patterns it doesn't like ambiguity hence your flannel shirt yeah sorry (laughs) (laughs) but it, it but the human brain doesn't like ambiguity and generally doesn't like strangers that's a that's a set of no very basic that goes back to cavemen yeah. like you know no new and friends. well and but but part of what all of that adds up to is that people are, are just kind of naturally drawn towards a narrative or an explanation for something that that gives them a, a sort of orderly coherent explanation for a problem that's straightforward especially if it involves someone to blame mm-hmm, mm-hmm much more than a logically more robust but more complicated and messy explanation of something like how how a disease spreads or how the economy works or anything like that people's natural inclination is to go for the the simpler Mm -hmm. narrative that they can wrap their heads around rather than deal with these complicated messy phenomena no matter how intelligent you are, your brain's still wired to prefer one versus the other. So it's very easy for people to fall into conspiratorial thinking. Yeah. And and uh, just to build on that a little bit is that the human or humans like phys- physiologically are are wired to essentially accept like only accept information that's or re- accept or reject information based on like preconceived beliefs or notions. So if you if you receive information that's antithetical to something you believed then you're less likely to accept it without you know, right. substantial evidence because so, it, it causes stress anxiety yeah it's it, harmful for your it's evolutionary it, it makes sense it that actually you, you actually have there's actually a physiological reaction to right. it's like cognitive cognitive dissonance which is what yeah. that is 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 actually like a yeah. physiological like it's a symptom so one of my favorite uh, little 
snippets of uh, internet interaction that I've seen in recent days. So someone uh, was either on Twitter or on a, a forum somewhere commenting about uh, the importance of, of giving people newer, better information to change their mind. And someone responded, well, actually, there's a lot of psychological research that shows that giving people new information uh, often doesn't change their mind. And here are two sources for that. Yeah, and the, the original poster <laughs> probably responded, yeah, I still don't think that's true. Guys, guys. Was, was it, would you say that? I think you said it to like our, uh, our, our group chat. Yeah, did you send that? I, 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 I saw it. I, yeah. I saw it. I think yeah. it was from you, maybe. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's yeah, very... Like, well, I think it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Just, guys, it's I solidified. Because if you get hit with something that says, oh, you're wrong about this, it's... You find anything that you can to. Yeah, because I'm so, never wrong. Or so, you don't even need. No uh, one's. No one's. You ever don't wrong. even need an alternative no, source. Right. In some <laughs> cases, you just reject the competing evidence. Yeah, out fake of news, hand. mainstream so, media, whatever you yeah. want to call it. So Ryan, let's put a pin in this because I actually have some potential psychological or psychological, psychological, psychological. There are some solutions or ways to deal with this. Let's talk about that yeah. at the end too. Okay. Yeah. Potential ways, but yeah. or to get over it. Kevin is going to solve the conspiracies. He's for going us. to rewire the human brain. And we can rebuild it. them. We, we have the technology. Well, there's, there's a lot of four loco. <laughs> That'll rewire your brain in ways. The cure. The cure. It's called drunken recall, Rob. And it's very scientific. It's like total recall, but drunk. Four loco. God if you bless. don't die, it'll make you smarter. I don't think that's how it works. That, that's definitely not how that works. Well, you know what? Maybe well, maybe, I have eight sources to back me yeah, up on this. So. so maybe I might believe that, and that means I'm correct. So, Yes. And, and I, then, I heard, I read it on this one blog, and they, yeah. And everyone's entitled <laughs> to their opinion, which is always funny when you're talking about facts, and somebody jumps and is like, "Well, I'm in, well, this is my opinion, and I'm entitled." What, what to I that. like, what, what do you like to usually say if that kind of thing is like, I, I, "You're entitled to your opinion," or "Or I respect your opinion, even though you're wrong." I don't respect <laughs> no, I don't respect wrong opinions. Yeah, <laughs> but but then you're entitled to your opinion, but you're you're a fucking wrong. moron. Yeah, like <laughs> I can't fix you. <laughs> The door is over there. <laughs> yeah, it's like, get the fuck out. <laughs> but anyway, but it's as I was, that's not a as Rob said, that's not a function of intelligence or anything like that. Anyone, you can be Stephen Hawking and you can be stuck in your views. Oh yeah. And so. in fact, the smarter and more well-educated people are, the more resources they have to come up with explanations right. to justify yeah, what this they're is, already inclined to and believe. And this is why. They've done studies on former cult members, and the more the more intelligent you are, the higher your IQ is, or whatever. I mean, I know IQ is kind of out of vogue now, but the more intelligent people are more... It's your thetan count that matters. Thetan count. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, another I'll fly of my DC-3 over. Speaking of cults. <laughs> yeah, and it's like th those like higher intelligence people are more likely to get wrapped up in cults because they're more likely to rationalize what is essentially irrational in ways that a lot of other people can't so yeah 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 it makes so, sense so at least i'm never going to be in a cult <laughs> you're part of almost diplomatic oh just saying. one of us <laughs> google gobble one of us <laughs> we accept that one of... uh so so how does this impact sort of the broader like political yeah let's, let's, stuff. Let's, so, maybe we should talk maybe we should talk about <laughs> geopolitics at some point today <laughs> it's national security and a whole other nonsense over beers what was that <laughs> i've ever read nonsense over beers yeah i mean nonsense over beers is like half my life but yeah anyway yeah no i think it's so this this actually is exploitable by you know actors yeah whether it's the islamic state you know and yeah. al-qaeda for one reason or another or you know, I mean, it's, other it's, it's, nation it's, state actors. Yeah, I mean, enemies, foreign and domestic. I mean, this isn't. Yeah, this isn't isolated to any one group or nationality. So, oh, do we want to talk about a state to start off? Rob, you want to talk about China? <sighs> Where to even start? Nice, I mean, <laughs> nice transition. Question. Yeah, it's like <laughs> well, I just want to release the beast. So, <laughs> so we've we've had to... him on a leash for a while. Now we're letting him go. So, I mean, one of the interesting things in in that case is how wrapped up uh, the deployment of conspiracy theories is to other aspects of nationalist propaganda yeah. uh, that the Chinese Communist Party uses and has used increasingly uh, forcefully last, yeah. in, in the last several years. 
And it's interesting because being able to come up with narratives that point to uh, some sort of boogeyman out there, whether... The Uyghurs. <clears throat> whether, yeah, it could be, it could be an ethnic or religious Before, minority, yeah. could be another another country. The whites. Um, <laughs> could be any number of, of other targets, but to come up with a narrative that someone over there is the boogeyman responsible for anything that's ever a problem, and so you should kind of rally around uh, the flag, as it were, against against that yeah. enemy is <clears throat> is a powerful tool for managing public opinion, but it's also one that can kind of get away from the control of the people who started yeah. the, the yeah. snowball rolling down the hill. But that's one of the fundamentals of Leninism, right, is kind of like we need people to know what they need to know for the betterment of society or greater, something greater, and greater so and however that. we however we get them to know that whether it's through propaganda through whatever you know this 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 is one of the fundamental that distinguishes leninism from any other type of you know communism socialism marxism or even nazism in a lot of ways so but one of the one of the really interesting things about the whole leninist strain yeah of political thinking is how much it's wrapped up in conspiratorial thinking itself, not just deploying it, but actually right. that's part of the lens. Believing it. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, and the, this builds on things that were already there in, in Marx, but really exacerbates them. I mean, with the, the Marxist-Leninist frame that formed the bedrock ideology of the former yeah. Soviet Union, the Chinese Communist Party, and so many other uh, actors in the world is one that is explicitly based around a way of thinking about the world that identifies particular groups as groups. as as well as but as being malign kind of actors well but also unified in yeah. sort of a systematic uh, attempt to undermine the working class to undermine mm-hmm. communist powers etc cetera, etc cetera. And, and so that I mean, that kind of puts blinders on foreign policy decision-making if if you're kind of collapsing the possible range of motives and positions of all of these other actors out there into they're all aligned in this evil conspiracy of the bourgeoisie against us. Yeah. And you, I mean, that's a major feature of Leninism, but you see that in a lot of aspects in a much smaller, more minute form. Like if you're working for an organization or a politician or something, and originally you're just doing your job, and you're working on talking points or something, but eventually you begin to absorb those. And this is kind of a natural, like... You start to believe It's, it's what... a psychological, you know, you, it, 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 whether it's a coping mechanism well, or you, your views shift to align with the greater, well, you know, greater part of what you're at. But it's it always involves someone is, is you know, we're the, everyone's the hero in their own story, but someone is the villain here whether it's major or minor or anything like that. And, you know, that kind of thinking bleeds into even the most well-read, well-educated people. I and my friends are Harry Potter, and that's Voldemort over there. I mean, maybe Voldemort had a a legitimate beef. You know, Dumbledore was kind of a a shit. Yeah, I mean, he was just trying to... I mean, mean, the Wizardry of Magic is a bunch of fucking tyrants anyway, so... So so we've seen how muggles are. Like, maybe they needed a firmer hand. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) So... You can't use that word. <laughs> As a muggle, oh my God. I would disagree. <laughs> I've never so, ever actually. I've never actually seen the Harry Potter movie. Oh God! Yeah. Yeah. So garbage. So there's actually like you what haven't you... seen. No, this is an example of this cognitive dissonance. <laughs> I haven't seen them, but they're garbage. I read one of the books like, partly, and then I was like, I'm gonna go back to reading Tom Clancy. <laughs> That's how my childhood was. Yeah. Why aren't any terrorists? Do? Why aren't Why aren't the Death Eaters getting shot by special forces? Yeah, right? I don't understand. Like, why don't yeah, they have guns? Their strategy so stupid. Why are they doing this? I don't understand. So, so to go back to what Lex was saying about people kind of co-opting beliefs. So, there's actually a lot of influence theory that backs this up as um, like cognitive dissonance uh, and sort of the people are predisposed to like if you. I forgot what the, there was a study and essentially what they were doing is they would be like, okay, you know, if you like, you go and lie to someone 
like and you'll yeah, get I can do it every day. You'll like people so they they didn't there some people they gave no money to, some people they gave one dollar to, and some people they gave ten dollars to. And then they went back and tested them later to figure out like did it change their beliefs and what they're what they were lying about. And they found that the people most influenced were the people getting the one dollar, not the ten dollar, really? because they felt they felt that they were being, you know, rewarded for their lying. And the people with zero were like okay, I'm not getting anything, but like, I'm still doing it. But the people who, so if you get a little bit, you get a little bit of something, you're more likely to start, like, like for instance, if you are up for a job in because a position. Because I, I can get more or something? Uh, uh, because, because you feel like you've gotten a little bit, and you, but you want more, so you buy in more. So that's where you end up with this cognitive dissonance, and to like relieve that dissonance, you start to believe what previously may have just kind of gone along with to get you know yeah. something out of it. And so, and it's not a conscious thing. Like people do, this happens to people all the time. Uh, you can yeah, see in every room. line of work. Yeah, in politics. Every, it's, politics. It's, Probably yeah, all like, four of us. Like, this yeah. has happened to. No, all the time. Yeah. yeah. I walk my own path. Okay. Okay, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it is a real thing that happens, and yeah. especially in politics. Well, a huge part of it is is how much beliefs, conspiratorial, kooky ones or otherwise, are tied to identity. Yeah. Uh, if if you feel like the alternative to the comfortable conspiracy is something that is threatening to to who you are or to your group and its view of itself or its position or whatever, then that's a very powerful motivator to yeah. stick to the, the comfortable conspiracy that, that checks all those boxes. It's a, it's a rational-seeming, coherent little picture of the world with a bad guy to orient yourself against it makes you feel good and doesn't require you to engage with messy ambiguity or look too closely in the mirror about your own problems yeah it, it's it's a word that's come up a lot in recent political discourse tribalism um the idea yeah. that yeah, anywhere from you know massive political issues demonizing groups and all that to like at the sheer fun of rooting for a sports team and being in a stadium full of other people rooting for the same sports team and being a part of something bigger than yourself is somehow more... Oh, he's not wearing his Pats gear anymore. Yeah, I'm wearing the shorts. Go Birds. Lex is wearing a fucking Eagles t-shirt. <laughs> so... Yeah, yeah, and even even in the... Uh, the what When uh, the facts of the matter are right in front of your face this team is trash this team is garbage yes. you still want to be a part of things yeah and and that's and the whole that covers the whole gamut of you yeah, know yeah, it, why individuals want to be part of groups we're a social species we yeah there's more or less yeah it's, it's, it's i mean yeah it's it's we always like going going to like sports groups teams and like, like being fans of those teams is just such a or like going to the same school, you're like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, we went to the same school doing this thing and yeah. doing that thing, or same program. Well, it's, like, it's a it's a identity. So there's actually yeah. same politics, yeah. same. Yeah. So there's a really good essay, and I'd recommend you guys all read it if you read it if you haven't. In foreign policy, it's like I think it's called like your brain on nationalism or something. Yeah. Um, okay. And it essentially it essentially is if you identify with someone or share like so like it's it talks about how like this is actually you know a tribal like genetic. Uh, behavioral thing that humans are hardwired to do and so they've seen they've done studies on chimps where they do kind of the same thing yeah. and unfortunately it ends up playing out large to, a large part in time at times with like on racial lines right. um yeah. with humans anyway but but the other thing is like if you find some sort of shared identity like like say rob and i are you know like oh we, we don't like each other we're in part of different groups but then we're like why oh, are we from both virginia we both you're both from virginia <laughs> all right well you know now we're we're part of uh, and it, and it also kind of illustrates like overlapping identities. All of you are from south of the Mason Dixon line, and I don't feel comfortable about it. This is my identity. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> it's like there's three well, of us. One of you. <laughs> all chimps do is throw poop on each other, but um, we do worse things. <laughs> oh no! Trust me, chimps do some oh, pretty manipu- even, even manipul. I've read somewhere that there's like constant manipulation going on it let that kind of mirror on a simpler level human I, society there's a reason I mean, they study fucking with somebody and getting them to retaliate and everybody goes well, it's like there's definitely it's like game of thrones but chimpanzee <laughs> troops literally go to war with each other and commit what would be considered war crimes <laughs> under the geneva conventions they have just they don't saying, have their own little cute little monkey geneva convention <laughs> with all of them signing <laughs> no, grandfather no. ape 
holds up the uh, they, they don't abide the by charter. It. they don't they don't have this weak like you know human laws they just go at it uh, well state of nature <laughs> I, I mean, it actually does get pretty uh, Hobbesian in, in some sense. <laughs> uh, so, are they chimpanzees or are they like twelve year olds? So, so one so of the you, you say that is that the difference is always clear. the red chimps. Well, was it was it Idi Amin who trained, or maybe it was Angola or somewhere like that, where they trained one a bunch of, those of chimps insane to insane African dictators? Yeah, yeah, where they trained a bunch of chimps to use machetes, and they kept going through the desert, like killing people with machetes. Like, or not the desert, Wait, the jungle, like years it, later. It, 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 what? It, it, it sounds like a, it sounds like it, a, it sounds like Congo, that movie, which is still a really good movie. It sounds like but, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, like, it's, this, it's, uh, this is it's, why we can't have nice things, yeah, guys. It, it, it sounds like a very idiomy kind of thing, though. I don't know who it was, but it's like, if it, if, it, if anyone, it'd be him. Yeah, I saw this Charlton Heston movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, going back to what Rob was saying earlier, all Watch this, for chimps. this, this sort of, <laughs> <laughs> yes. stay away from the zoo. <laughs> They don't make good pets. Yeah. How does this all? So so yeah. So this this actually this concept of like tribe and like in group out group uh, ends up being exploited in large part by you know political elite or societal elites in many countries, particularly authoritarian. Where I mean everywhere, but especially it's especially especially useful for authoritarians. For instance, like I wrote my first master's thesis on Turkey, and I looked at how <laughs> how the Turkish state uses conspiracy theories um particularly (laughs) anti-american so and a lot of times it's worst nato ally it actually there's a creation it it creates like an in-group like the turks or whoever you know like the the loyal national turks um versus like the out-group and and a lot of times the out-group is vaguely defined and not like a coherent thing it's like oh like you know the spooks like you know enemies and and sometimes it'll be defined more broadly like the u.s or something but the kurds but but it's this like massive it it creates this concept of like we need to hunker down and the only like we can't protect ourselves from these like conspiracy theorists or these conspiracies strong leader um the only thing that can protect us is the state and so yeah and so (laughs) and and then once they start linking for instance uh in egypt uh, a lot like now they link uh they'll like the cc regime will link you know domestic dissidents to this massive for conspiracy and the same thing in turkey these are two countries i know the most about so yeah. i talk about well that's yeah they're um, doing the same thing in hong kong well i was to delegitimize them right it's yeah. like oh they're all terrorists or they're all sponsored by the u.s or something yeah and and it, it puts your political adversaries as part of that out group which psychologically if you're part of the in-group makes you feel a lot more comfortable with, you know, I don't know, running them over with tanks. Yeah, and at the very best, it may, it puts these adversaries on the defense of like, no, now I have to prove that mm-hmm. I'm not an American, even though it, it, it immediately puts you on your back foot. So instead of pushing your own, you know, goals or platforms or whatever, you have to disprove, oh, no, I'm not an American asset or I'm not a evil well, conspirator. One that really complicates things for outside parties who may have... A, a genuine moral or strategic stake in a given situation. Like, it, I mean, you look at the situation in in Hong Kong with the protesters. They're being kind of tarred by the Chinese Communist Party as as all just instigated by us. That means that even if there are ways in which we, we tar- in the U.S. might want to, to intervene yeah. for humanitarian reasons they can't, we can't. against yeah. people who are being. We'll, we'll make it worse by detained and so forth. Yeah, it would just add fuel to the existing idea that, oh, this was never actually a, a legitimate homegrown thing at all. It was always the Americans. And revolutions, I, don't, I wouldn't consider what's happening in Hong Kong a revolution so much, but like these kind of internal oh, yeah. uprisings rarely succeed without external help. I mean, we know that yeah. from so our own history. We, yeah. we couldn't have done it without the French and the Spanish bankrolling there, us. And, there's a lot of academic um, research that's yeah. that up. And, but now all you need for an existing regime is to say you're being helped by an outsider. And then that immediately puts the onus on the outsider, whether or not they want to intervene yep. or whether or not they were. Or to Syria. Just, to you know, cut, like, yeah. They're all, to, all the rebels are terrorists. Well, yeah. And not right. just an outsider in sort of the... The broader sense, but in the more specific sense of the outsider who is the already vilified boogeyman. Yep. The other. Who, 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 yeah, who is yeah. Yeah. the capital O other who's already mistrusted. So, I mean, it, if the Chinese Communist Party were saying that it's, I don't know, uh, South Africa or Spain or someone who's 
backing the protesters, that wouldn't resonate yeah. in the same way because you'd be like, sure, those are those are other countries too, but they're not ones who are who are already sort of systematically portrayed as the big bad boogeyman yeah. in the in the propaganda that people have been acculturated to. They don't pose years. an existential threat or a. a, a, a you know, interpreted existential threat. And, Although, if the U.S. gets rid of news, I mean, you know, maybe different. Well, I mean, the U.S. is also, I mean, it's, I mean, no matter what, you know, president or whoever bullshit, but, like, it's just, like, we're always the easy target because we are the opposite of all these. Like, we, like, not to be like, oh, America's the best thing ever, but, like, you know, we, like, try to promote democracy at some point. Yeah, and also, well, it's, well, also, our Navy's everywhere. Like, we're, we're, yeah. we're everywhere militarily, so it's just, like, it's the easy target We've, to pay on us. We we have the we suffer from the curse of being the savior strongest. Complex. Yeah, well, we in part <laughs> of own, savior complex, savior and complex. also yeah. and also being the strongest country in the world, and also having military bases everywhere. You know, it's we're an easy target. Yeah. Well, in in the case of the Chinese Communist Party in particular, it's even easier to kind of spin these narratives for domestic consumption when, at some level you and the leadership may actually kind of believe them yourself. Yeah, yeah. Which goes back to that discussion we right. were having yeah. about an inherently sort of conspiracy theory-tinged mm. aspects to Marxist-Leninist uh, political theory and, and foreign policy thinking, which is still yeah. part of the, yeah. the sort of intellectual so. lens and lineage of the chinese communist party yeah people to like to say we, i mean we've we've seen them step up their their i mean i guess the rhetoric the last couple of years oh, like, it's used it's, as a, me- a mechanism of control yeah it's, yeah because yeah, well, they, they've really just slammed down on things and like basically like, pitched like the han chinese thing the nationalist ideal all that kind of stuff like, yeah well, one of the like the i think the naive aspects of recent not i don't know much now but like in the last 20 30 years u.s policy has kind of been like well they're kind of a Yes, they call themselves the Communist Party, but they're essentially a capitalist country. And economically, that's true in a lot of ways. But the crux of what the party is, is a a Leninist organization. And that is, you know, stuff like propaganda of the deed, um, the state seizing the means of production, all this kind of vanguardism. Exactly. We need to make sure that we want to help the people by making them think what they need to think kind of stuff. This is all very much... Talking shit about the built... This is a. T- <laughs> okay. We know well, Walla. We know Beltawala. You are you are well, Walla. This is not our next Expanse episode. If yeah. you want to learn it's, about it's, the Expanse, listen to our last episode. Yeah, it's, it's also Holden streaming breaks, on Amazon. Holden yeah. breaks the universe. But, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, no. This the is Expanse all. Expanse episode coming in January anyway. This is all a direct <laughs> lineage back to the original Marxist-Leninist tenets. You know, yeah. this is not capitalists so much in any way this is still it's the communist party is still communist at least politically yeah no i mean that's very much still part of the intellectual backdrop and in fact under xi jinping there has been a concerted effort to reinforce that internally within the party ranks not just in external propaganda or policy measures where they have uh started to to reassert uh, a greater degree of state control over the economy and uh, civil institutions, but but within the party, there has been a renewed emphasis, and within academia, um, stuff like Xi Jinping on, thought, and well, and and just that. generally cracking down on deviations from uh, Marxist-Leninist sort of bandwidth orthodoxies mm-hmm. on all kinds of issues. I mean, it's it's interesting because you even have things like uh, economic policy think tanks that were pretty well respected among a lot of elite circles five or ten years ago uh now being kind of harassed and and shut down having their their members uh the academics in them yeah uh targeted because they were of a more free market bent have they and, been and co-opted now, in a way like uh, now well, they're they more, there are think tanks that are more in line with the party dialogues I mean, they, so they're they, promoted just, as... there have already been Look, this is just been, like Brookings, but yeah. There are there've always been uh, plenty that are kind mm. of in in line with the the party line gotcha. in the literal and figurative sense, but a lot of the space for diversity of policy perspectives uh, within academia think tanks and the and the governing circle has been uh, removed, uh, tightened increasingly over the last few years mm-hmm. what do they poo on his honey 
You tried so hard there, and I'm not even sure where No, no, I loved it. I know. And Piglet, a.k.a. Carrie Lamb, Eeyore. She wants to follow. Oh, bother. Eeyore's just the Uyghur. Eeyore. 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 That'll never come out. But anyway, um, Kevin, you were talking about solving this issue earlier. Yeah, so... How do we do that? Well... I mean, we went a bit of a different route than I thought we were, but there are some ways to sort of address, at least in the distance... Mitigate the issue. Yeah, so so two things come to mind. The first is uh, there's this thing... I just finished a paper on this, so... uh, There's this this, uh, influence theory concept called inoculation theory. So going back to (laughs) anti-vaxxer stuff, um, you know how... Guess what? You're still stupid. Yeah. Uh, Hi, you. Oh, oh, okay. So you're saying to me, I was like, yes, but besides the point. Um, <laughs> no, anti- I, anti-vaxxers. You have your opinion, I have mine. So vaccines <laughs> work by essentially inserting like an inert or very weakened form of a disease into the body, and then the body produces sort of a, a reflex, you know, like, like Get antibodies. Get your shots, people. Exactly. And... Training and, for yeah, yeah, and essentially you combat a very weakened form of a disease, and you create antibodies, and makes you either immune or very, you know, defensive. Your body is very defensive against future incursions. So the the in, uh, inoculation theory actually has proved that this works very well in a in a similar way. They've done so, that in Finland and Estonia and yeah. a lot of the Baltic countries against the Russian. They've sort yeah. of put that into the school the school system. I think. Yeah, they're, they're doing media literacy training. Right. So essentially, what a, it's brilliant. What has yeah. well, what is what has been found to work very well is if you introduce people to uh, either a very weakened form of disinformation or propaganda or a very weakened form of the or like explain to them in basic terminology like the methods or like the yeah. way that it will be framed. It actually makes them a, a lot more resilient. Like, so if you define the threat to people, not just be like, "Oh, like there's a threat of Russian or Chinese or you know, I don't know, Swedish disinformation." I'm just gonna come up with random countries. Um, the, the goddamn <laughs> Swedes! The goddamn Swedes! Love you guys. Make Adolphus, Adolphus, Adolphus great again. Uh, it, but it, essentially, like. You outnerded Kevin it, on this episode. Oh my really? god! <laughs> <laughs> you build an immunity to you get a trophy to this. And and the second thing is is it's first you you insert some sort of weakened form of the threat so people develop an immunity. And it actually it's been proven that over time that defensive mechanism gets stronger. Um, but, and then also if you introduce counter arguments, those two together can pr- create like a hurt, almost a herd immunity to disinformation. That's a brilliant idea. But how do you do that in America with the sensationalist, click-based media environment. Well, I won't, I won't like, speak to that I, specifically, yeah. but... Perch. <laughs> no. No. But, you we know, don't want to be talking well, about Perch well, 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 Not the media. Obviously not. I'm not, I'm not Trump. Um, but the, the concept of that is a good idea, but the problem is what if the state is running that program? It's like China is like, okay, we're going to have a class in disinformation. No, oh, yeah. Well, it's anything like, it's, well, it's just the Westerners first, say. It, is, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. We, exactly. It's like, okay, it's like, well, it depends who you're putting the view on it well so this actually like going to that actually these countries have whether intentionally or not done a good job of being like well this is what the west is going to say they think democracy is great well look at the u.s now or look at you know like look how chaotic it is and so they actually have done this and yeah. it's like and but our, our at, you know chinese maoist thought is look how great china's doing and so that we don't we don't have gun crime we don't have ferguson type so situations so it, it's like yeah, it's perverse but these countries, China, <laughs> you know, uh, and others like, for instance, Egypt Happy does camps. this. It, it creates that, it creates a, it inoculates, but in a, like a malicious way. So it inoculates them from the truth almost. They develop yeah. like a, a resistance to, I don't know, democracy promotion because like, oh, democracy, that's chaotic. That's something, yeah, we need CC as a strong hand to guide that's us. That's something. something you've seen a lot in Russia. China is a much more closed media environment. Russians still kind of have access to a lot of different areas, but yeah. they use the system. Well, yeah, we're kind of corrupt and terror. Question they, they more. Don't, they don't. This is fine. They don't. <laughs> it's like the, the shy away. Fire. This is oh, fine. It's like every time I I'm driving and I listen, I tune I, I tune past Sputnik Radio in the car. I just want to vomit. It's like, well, all these just dumb American. Useful idiots. It's Glenn well, Greenwald. It, it, yeah, just I'll like probably get a tweet at. He'll probably tweet at me after I said that. Oh, but hi, Glenn. Um, <laughs> Your dogs but it, are but cute. But it's just like it's with them shit. because the, more than the Chinese, there's not like a great file, firewall in Russia, so like they have more access to the global media yeah. environment. But it's so in that sense, the Russian state isn't so much. Look how great we are. It's like, yeah, we're it could, good. It, it could we're, be worse, but yeah, but, it's but inoculating. Much, they they go hard in on yeah. the like 
Ferguson stories. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. And uh, no go areas in Sweden stories. And yeah, and the, kinda, the domestic like, the like domestic that. angle yeah. is you know like look how fucked up the EU is or or Ukraine. It's like like they went into overdrive. I mean yeah, they're targeting Ukrainians, but yeah. they're also a lot of the narratives were like you know look how bad Ukraine is. Like the soldiers or there was the right. the conspiracy theory that Russia pushed that was you know the soldiers nailed a three year old boy like a cross, which was not yeah. true. Like and there was no evidence that was yeah. true. Yeah, like everybody but, else is bad, even though our GDP is less than freaking Italy. Yeah, yeah. We're, well, we're the biggest like the country Netherlands, in the planet. Right? Um, and, <laughs> you know it's bad when. <laughs> and but essentially they hey. they were working to not necessarily promote their own narratives but inoculate their population against sort of the oh look like Ukraine is revolting against a corrupt oligarchy like why doesn't it happen in Russia well oh, they're, they're working yeah. or like, it's different but or Russia hosting the my favorite anecdote about that like Russia hosting the regionalist independence parties from all over the world except there weren't any Russian regionalist independence parties there, even though there are several dozen active groups that want to secede from various parts of... You don't was say. Like, they, like the, like the, Calif- the guy from California who was like trying to get that on the ballot, he was... Uh, he was married to a Russian. He was his post his post office box was somewhere in St. Petersburg. Oh yeah, Calexit or whatever. Yeah, 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 Calexit. Didn't it? When, didn't it come out that one of the? He, he was discredited fairly quickly. So. Yeah, a success, guess... success against. But you know, news. media was covering it, particularly like Fox. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, they were. So I, I would be very curious to, uh, in light of this sort of inoculation concept, uh, and what we were just talking about about the particulars of the Russian information space, I would be very curious to get more insight onto how much different sectors within the Russian public do or don't tend to buy into stuff that comes through uh, government channels and and through media that is more in line with it because there's so much, so much history, particularly in the, in the Soviet era of both kind of pervasive disinformation, misinformation, and propaganda from the government, but also of resulting public cynicism. Yeah. I mean, like, I still, one of my my favorite, um, one of my favorite uh, Russian jokes was the one about a man goes out uh, into Red Square and and shouts, uh, Khrushchev is an idiot. He's promptly arrested, sentenced to... uh, five years for uh insulting the head of state and to 10 years for revealing state secrets (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of been the i mean yeah the the russian media media viewing population is extremely cynical this is not new for going back to czarist times absorbing state information and kind of just like yeah but there's not much of a civil there's no real institutions and there never really has been for questioning viewpoints so like yes no one buys the state narrative but the state narrative is basically all that's there so people kind of just roll their eyes and and live their own lives and fun fact the uh the protocols of the elders of zion was a misinformation piece that was propagated by the vizar nicholas ii's regime so maybe the bolsheviks were all right to kill him no, you're not Broken kids, clocks but... right once, twice. <laughs> so yeah, once yeah. or twice. So that's yeah. a totally different thing. But I think, yeah, uh, there's a there's that's a fascinating story. It's like, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I mean, it's a fucking disgusting that, conspiracy theory. But not that there's uh, any history of Russian regimes being involved in anti-Semitic conspiracy yeah. theories nope. and persecutions. Not at all. Never. No. Com- totally. Ever, ever, everyone, comrade. <laughs> but anyway. Any final thoughts? We're we're, all, uh, to, we're here to the end. No. Trust but verify, folks. <laughs> trust but verify. That's, that's just a terrible comic. It's like trust but verify means like you're not trusting at all if you're verifying it. Don't trust but verify was the JCPOA thing actually. Weirdly enough, yeah. right? I was that was intentional. Anyway, um, I think the if I could leave with one concluding remark, get your vaccines. <laughs> Both. Yeah, no, both medical with... and fi- and mental. Vaccines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you do you and your kids a service, and you know, don't be a dumb fuck. Well, I, I guess my uh, parting <laughs> thought would be remembering one of the themes that we hit on several times, which is that no one, no matter how intelligent or well educated you might be, is immune to the aspects of human psychology that make us prone to buying into conspiracy yeah. theories. And I am my own man, Rob. 
This, so, see, this is an example of something that we don't want. <laughs> Listen, next R- warlord is our. I'm our next warlord of Arlington. Be, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pay attention every day. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. So some introspection yes. and humility is helpful. Right. Is What's humility? Not something. I believe it's an old, old wooden know. ship. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the HMS humility. <laughs> but anyway, uh, happy holidays, everyone. Thank you very much. Uh, this has been a good year. That was almost dramatic. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks. Merry Christmas. And everything else. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. All the things. We already won the war on Christmas, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about conspiracy theories. Anyway. <laughs> Who wrote that? What was that? Yeah, you, you can move that shit out of the way. Like, you can just throw it on the floor. Yeah. Get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> you tell that spray bottle. <laughs> Good. Yes, use your hand. Let the fake news flow. <laughs> Let the conspiracy flow. So, so says Twitter. Father on torpedoes can't melt steel Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas tree, Doug. Because it's a Douglas fir. Why is everyone naming their trees? That's some fucking thing now. I don't know. Because did the same thing. I was like, why? Why the fuck would you name a tree? I don't know. God, what the fuck is wrong with people? I mean... Yeah, Lex. What's wrong with you, people? <laughs> Duh. I mean... <laughs> What's that name? Sylvester. Disappointing. <laughs> That's... Uh, Sylvester. Loneliness. Like... <laughs> Dry rot. <laughs> It's it. This might be its last year. It's kind of falling the fuck apart, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, it's survived a couple years, so yeah, it's been. I got died it. a noble death. It's like fifteen. Just bucks. throw it on your grill. Your first, uh, <laughs> your first grill session this spring. Yeah. Like funeral pyro. Actually, um, so at the at the uh, we sacrificed them to at, the gods. At, our, at the holiday, uh, the secret Santa party thing, I was at. We had a uh, as the fire, the, uh, you know the you know TV fire thing. Yeah, it was Darth Vader's pyre. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I, would, like, I had the lights. I was like, "No, Dad." <laughs> yeah, Father. Dad. <laughs> Please. Also, I went to a tyrant and had a giant bunch of Virgil's fundamentalists, but that like, kills the whole thing. As per usual. Is are there parties where you don't do that? I mean, no. But <laughs> I have to talk about it. <laughs> it's like being a vegan. Like, you <laughs> 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 talked. Which you or, or doing CrossFit? <laughs> CrossFit. Yeah. Like, hey, wait, did you know I do CrossFit? Yeah, I do CrossFit. CrossFit. Yeah, you do CrossFit. You weren't here by my gym, my workout. No. Yeah, I threw this. I threw this rock at a, at a fucking wall for three hours. CrossFit. Fuck yeah. <laughs> anyway, hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Diplomatic. I'm your host Ryan Young, and joining me today is Kevin Truitt, Robert Thomas, and Lex Cardone. And we're recording on December fifteenth, twenty nineteen. 